0: From the Mercy One studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your
1: host, Gene Wells. Well, welcome to Straight Talk,
2: everyone. You're on Iowa Catholic Radio. It is your weekly dose of news from the diocese and from the world, and plus issues, commentary on them that uh, maybe giving you a little uh, distress. And uh, today's topic could, depending on where you live and what your community is looking like, uh, it is straight talk. If you've got questions, my expert joining me today should have some answers for you. I'm Jean Wells, so grateful to be broadcasting from the Mercy One studio. For all of our sponsors here at Iowa Catholic Radio, they support the work that we're doing to bring you uh, the Word of God to connect our listeners to Christ. And I'm so, so grateful for all of them. Now, joining me today is Mark Schmidt. Uh, Mark is the new coordinator of racial justice for the Diocese of Des Moines. It's a a short-term position as he develops some programs and initiatives uh, to help us to be um, better Better citizens, really. Better humans, for lack of a better explanation. Uh, But, you know, I had to ask myself, is there racial tension in Iowa? I mean, are you wondering, like I am, about the compelling reasons for the Diocese of Des Moines to explore racial injustice in a state that we call Iowa nice? Well, just a couple of things. Last fall, in both Cedar Rapids and, and Des Moines, there was an event called Shatter the Silence, Uh, They were held where faith leaders were no longer going to remain silent about racial issues in their communities. Hmm. There must have been enough racial issues that these religious leaders felt the need to have an event that they are going to uh, shatter the silence. Now, in a state of three plus million residents, about 90 percent are Caucasian and the balance primarily Hispanic, Latino at six percent and African-American at four percent. Now, Iowa has then this is an interesting statistic Iowa has the fourth highest incarceration rate in the country for African Americans at 2.4% as compared to just 0.2% for Caucasians and 0.4% for the Hispanic and Latino community. It's like okay well is that just make African Americans more prone to violence, or are they being targeted, or what are the issues? What is the thing that's going on? So we're going to look at all of that. Now, according to the most recent issue of the Catholic Mirror, the diocese felt compelled, really, to better listen, understand, and respond to marginalized groups. So we're going to learn all about this from Mark Schmidt, the new coordinator for (coughs) racial justice for the Diocese of Des Moines. Uh, But First uh, an update on some events this last week. How incredible. Uh, our carathon, our spring carathon and and with the spring carathon we ushered in this new um, beautiful weather today high in the in the 50s. I love that. But as of last night, we had raised $189,000 of our $200,000 goal. And the nice thing is that those of you that didn't get a chance, maybe you're out of town last week, uh, whatever it is, um, a lot of folks are continuing to contribute to the to the Spring Carathon. And I have no doubt that we will go over that $200,000 goal. And what a blessing. Um, if you listen last week, you know that we had an $80,000 expense in building some concrete sheds out by our towers to all of those wires and that connectivity piece. Um, so that that's why this is the largest Carathon and the most successful Carathon we have ever had in the history of Iowa Catholic Radio. Another fun little thing is that we had 45 new donors To Iowa Catholic Radio. Our goal was to have 50 and, you know, to to welcome those 45 folks. If you're listening right now, thank you for joining Iowa Catholic Radio family. We also had 30 of our friends contribute to the $30 a month club. That's our 360 club. And that just helps guarantee a a monthly paycheck for the diocese, uh, especially in those months when things are a little lean. So we are very grateful for that. Um, But one of the things that you can do with Iowa Catholic Radio is you can listen to uh, Christian Catholic music on our Iowa Catholic Radio. And one of the new things that we have coming up here in the future is another music station on our app of sacred Catholic music. That'll be beautiful. I love all music, so it's a great opportunity to be able to choose uh, what you need at that particular moment. Some news. Some news. Did you know that our Blessed Mother, under the name of Our Lady of Flowers, has traveled to Mars? I just think this is so cool. Um, NASA selected inscriptions for 150,000 plates for the preservation rover robot to carry to Mars. Air Force Sergeant Francesco Jose Fernandez told um, a news source, Sur News, that he included the Nuestra Señora de Flores name, that's Our Lady of Flowers, for whom he has a great devotion. Now, the goal of these 150,000 names, well, think of it as a time capsule. So they say the goal is that when the robot stops working for eternity, those names will be inside if someone finds the machine or if humans end up settling on Mars. Never thought we would send a a rover there to Mars. Who knows when a human may travel there? Very cool. Uh, Is it time to return to regular mass attendance? This was cool. A priest in New York saw his parishioners shopping and eating out, yet when he asked about returning to mass, many expressed hesitancy because of COVID-19. So, Father Carlo took to the streets just before Ash Wednesday. He stood in front of a local grocery store with his sign that read, if you can come grocery shopping, you can come to Mass. And not surprisingly, Mass attendance has gone up. Now, Father Carlo did say he was not intending to shame anyone, but instead caused them to think about the other routines that they were returning to normal and that Mass can be a part of that. His efforts paid off as they're having more folks come to Mass. I hope you are considering that as well. Our church spaces are one of the most sanitized spaces that you're going to go to. Um, I hope to see you at Mass this weekend. Hey, uh, after this break, joining me is Mark Schmidt. He is the new coordinator of racial justice for the Diocese of Des Moines. Is there racial tension in Iowa? We're going to look at that. It's time for Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio.
3: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. Blessman International partners with volunteers and donors to provide sustainable programs for children in South Africa by leading 12-day all-inclusive experiences sharing the heart of Christ with vulnerable children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. Thank you to Blessman International for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company. Providing premium outdoor landscaping, clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? 5 Suns Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. 5 Suns Naturescapes online
1: at 5 Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Storm Alert Weather is provided by Divine Treasures. Divine Treasures is a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. Their mission is to help Catholics know, love, and keep their faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and His Church. Divine Treasures is where you can find great Catholic books, beautiful Bibles, rosaries, jewelry, statues, and religious gifts for those memorable events in your life. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you to Divine Treasures for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Dean Wells, and I am so grateful for Mark Schmidt to join me today. Mark is the new coordinator of racial justice for the Diocese of Des Moines, and we're going to visit with him about racial tension in Iowa, and what does that really mean, and is there such a thing as compared to some communities in our country? So, Mark, welcome to the Diocese, welcome to Iowa Catholic Radio, and welcome to Straight Talk.
3: Thank you so much. Good morning. It's great to be here, and I'm glad for this opportunity to, to speak with you all.
2: Yeah, well, I, I wanted you first to uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. Share your background a little bit um, and and what the your role is as we talk about this coordinator of racial justice.
3: Sure. So I'm actually pretty new to Des Moines. Um, I got married in <clears throat> September... First of 2019 um, to my wife. Thank you. Thank you. And we actually have a seven month old son, uh, Barama Brafo. Um, my wife is originally from Ghana, uh, but she went to Drake and has worked in the area since then. We belong to St. Catharines uh, on the Drake campus. Um, and so um, new to Des Moines, but uh, have had connections. I've I know quite a few people originally from Des Moines when I went to Loras College uh and uh so I'm originally from Preston, Iowa, that's with a P. Um oh, okay. in e- in Eastern Iowa, uh Jackson County, town of about 950 people. I'm the 5th of 10 kids. Um hmm. and uh you know, grew up, went to Loras College, uh earned history and social work degrees. Uh my history degree really focused on American history and um, kind of Western Hemisphere history, and within American history, I focused a lot on um, the history of civil rights, the history of slavery, the progressive movement, to better understand race I wondered relations. I how and you racism. got
2: connected to this whole racial justice thing. It's like, what, sure. there had to be yeah. some trigger somewhere along the line that really drew you into this, so that, that's fascinating.
3: Yeah, well, and it was really engaging. It to find in- your
2: role in life. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well and originally I was gonna to go to Iowa State as a chemical engineer for chemical engineering. So um, you know, God had different plans. <laughs> um and then I, I I went and uh earned my masters in social work uh from St. Ambrose University in Davenport and then a masters in theology from St. Minrad Seminary and School of Theology and their lay degree program. Um so that's a little bit of my kind of academic background, but more recently I I, uh, before I moved to Des Moines, I was the Director of Respect Life and Social Justice for the Archdiocese of Dubuque um, and did a lot of different stuff. One of, one of the things I'm most kind of proud of is we created a ministry um, for families who are experiencing miscarriage, uh, stillbirth, mm. and infant loss called Behold Your Child. Um, and part of that came out of um, you know, my own family's experience. Um, there's 10 living children in my family there are nine who are deceased. Um, my oldest brother, Ronnie, died when he was a month old. And then um, I have uh, eight other siblings who either died as stillborn or as miscarriage. And so growing up in a family where uh, there were missing children at the table, um, but knowing uh, and and asking for their intercession growing up um, really meant a lot to me to be able to, to help create a ministry for families. And um, Matt Selby, the, the director of family life for the Archdiocese of Dubuque, actually has been kind of doing a, a roadshow with it to other dioceses across the country. And um, it's really bearing a lot of fruit. So that's one of the things that I was most proud of working for the Archdiocese of Dubuque, in addition to working on immigration advocacy and racial justice issues within that role as well.
2: Well, Mark, it wouldn't surprise me if you hear from some of our listeners about wanting to uh, start a Behold Your Child um, resource here in our own diocese, so be prepared.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, and we've, we've been in conversation with uh, Adam Store uh, about Excellent. possibly bringing that here. And the pandemic hit, so um, that mm. that kind of curtailed bringing the ministry here. But uh, I, I think uh, the diocese would love to hear of people interested because that might be a good way for us to to start building that uh, the grassroots around a ministry like that.
2: Well, let's talk. Let's our topic today is this racial justice issue, and yes. and again, I, 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 you know, yes, we have some racial tensions in our our state, but nothing like you know you hear in some of the larger metropolitan areas. So I wonder what prompted the diocese to address the issues of racial justice and inequality in our communities.
3: Well, I, I think in some ways the diocese has addressed it in. In some ways, in other areas, you know, with immigration or refugee services, Catholic charities. Um, but, you know, the prompting of the more frequent um, national news instance, uh, especially with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor um, this summer and, and the uprisings during this summer, um, you know, that kind of uh, supercharged the, the necessity of, of doing something about this. I, I think um, sometimes we, we think that it's an issue somewhere else, as you kind of mentioned some of some of the other larger metropolitans in in the country have really seen a lot of um, organizing and and conflict around racism in in their areas. But if we look at the state of Iowa it, it we we know that there is racism um, here in the state of Iowa when we look at um, the the disparities in incarceration, we look at disparities in Unemployment rate. Unemployment rate for, for instance, for Black um, and Native Americans is generally double, if not greater than double, that of, of the, the Iowa average. Or um, when we look at access to housing, when we look at homeownership versus renting, um, we see those great disparities in uh, our communities here in here in the city of Des Moines, but also throughout the state. And so, I, I think it's it's important for us to. To begin to recognize and look around us and see where some of these, uh, things are actually closer to home than we might be able or willing or readily, um, recognizable, um, because they are. And, and the, the great work that many organizations do around racial justice already in the state, um, there's a lot of good evidence and research that goes into, uh, not, not trying to quote prove it, but trying to help people better understand the nature of it.
2: Well, Mark, is this more of an issue um, of systemic resources? You know, are are folks uh, that are in a racial minority uh, typically um, lack education and then they live in an area that has poor educational systems Um, or is it more of family structure and there's there's not. There's working parent or parents. And so kids are without discipline and uh, both in doing their schoolwork and in their um, personal behaviors or, you know, is, is it something that we, you know, you, you put dollars at from a government perspective and that will solve these problems because those problems are created because it's a sy- systemic issue.
3: So there's, there's definitely systemic issues, and that's where it's more difficult and complicated sometimes to, to be able to understand or, or see as overt because we don't have the, the kind of overt racism, uh, as much as we did perhaps in the 60s with, you know, the bull Connors of society. But we do see that. In, in some instances. But systemic racism is a big challenge because we look at the way that society is structured. We look at laws that are in place and we see how um, they affect certain populations disproportionately. So um, when we look at, for instance, the, the war on drugs, um, mm-hmm. you know, we see that black people and white people are no more or less likely to use drugs or to sell drugs Um, but we see that black communities are more policed with drugs. Um, they're more likely to be arrested, more likely to be prosecuted, more likely to be charged with a a greater offense, more likely to be incarcerated and incarcerated at longer lengths. So when we see systemic racism, it's not necessarily that we have a bunch of rabid racists running around, although they do exist. Um, one of the bigger things is that the way that things are structured makes it difficult to um, have equity and and equality among people. I think one of the big things that we can sometimes look at is that personal responsibility, and part of that comes out of our, our sense of, you know, American individualism. And within the Catholic faith, um, you know, the Catechism by 1869 paragraph talks about social structure of sin. Um, and so the, the sin of racism uh, would, would fall under that where there are individuals who are maliciously racist. Um, but there's also paternalistic racism, you know, where it's not that the person hates somebody, but they think um, that they have the answers for somebody else. Um, And so when we combine both the malicious but also perhaps the ignorant, um, and and I don't mean that a pejorative ignorant, but just a lack of knowledge ignorant way of approaching race, um, when when people go to make laws or policies, that ends up getting baked into those laws and policies. Um, We we see that when given equal opportunity, um, black children are no uh, less likely to succeed than white children. Native children are no less likely to succeed than white children. Um, and so when we look at, for instance, schooling, we see discipline disparities, uh, black children are more likely to be disciplined for the same behaviors that a white child is or expelled or even, um, recommended for juvenile, uh, juvenile justice, uh, systems. So there is a strong systemic issue and it's not just about putting money in places, although money is always helpful to kind of, um, overcome, especially poverty, um. And, and access to, to resources. Uh, but we do see historically and in our day to day that these types of policies, uh, whether it was redlining of the past or um, now, one of the challenges is funneling people into certain neighborhoods. Um, I personally know somebody who is black, um, who, when he, was looking for housing, uh, the realtor would say, well, why don't you try this neighborhood? And it was a predominantly black neighborhood when he wanted to look in an area that was predominantly white. Um, and so his wife who was white, uh, would then go out and and be the one to look for, for housing for them because she would not be funneled to a certain neighborhood. Um, and so we do see that in, uh, in the ways that people interact with society and, and the systems around us.
2: So, okay. Uh, <laughs> I have a thousand sorry. questions, Mark. No, yeah, that's, good. Sorry. that's good. But let's, let's talk about then what this scope of work is that you're doing for the diocese. We sure. see all these issues. We see, you know, some of it's systemic, you know, from a society perspective. What is the scope of work that the diocese wants us to do?
3: Sure. So we've, we've got kind of three overarching uh, focuses, uh, formation, conversion, and action. So part of formation is not only understanding um, kind of things that we've discussed already, um, you know, mm-hmm. that racism and racial injustice exists among us, um, understanding where that exists, the history, but also how it impacts us on a daily basis, but also understanding what the church teaches and, and what our responsibility to one another is according to our faith and what everyone's responsibility is in addressing racial justice within their own sphere. Uh, conversion is for us to continually make sure that we are um, truly acting with charity, humility, and justice. Um, that we are merciful. That we really are living out our, our faith life. Because, as I mentioned before, not all racism is malicious. Um, it's not intentional always. Sometimes it's it comes from just a place of not knowing or assumptions or lack of experience with people from other cultures or or races. And so. Uh, You know, the great thing about um, our faith with uh, the sacrament of reconciliation, um, we can use the the same approach of sacrament of reconciliation for us to uh, look at our own selves for conversion on racial justice. You know, we we go and we have an examination of conscience when we go to reconciliation. We think about, where have I failed? Where have I come up short? Um, Where are areas that I might be blind to? my sins. And the same can be done with, with racial justice. And then we, we have to actually take ownership for it. We, we speak to a priest and we tell the priest our sins. We confess our sins. Uh, by taking ownership of those sins, then we receive um, absolution. And then comes penance, that healing of society for the harm that we've done. Um, and so it's not simply saying, you know, maybe I could have done, a, done something better here, or maybe I shouldn't have said this. Uh, but then committing ourselves to making sure that we don't do it again and that we interrupt times when others might be telling a, a racist joke or saying something pejorative around uh, about a whole group of people or promoting policies that harm people of color. Well,
2: Mark, as you were talking about, we're going to take a break here in a minute or so. Um, you were talking about you know, these three phases or three aspects of The program or the initiative from the diocese, I mean, it sounds like a program, a class where you go and you learn and, you know, all uh, the three components that you were talking about. Is it is this a class that someone can take or is that just one aspect of the work that you're doing?
3: So it's not going to be a class um, that you can take, especially since um, conversion is lifelong um, for us anyway in all aspects of our faith and our lives you know we we've never arrived until we're in glory right um okay. and so when it comes to may racial make progress, justice we progress but uh, yeah right there's absolutely. always room for growth. absolutely and and so what that does is it, it helps us recognize that this is that racial justice within ourselves is lifelong you know my my wife and child are black but even my proximity to people who are black and within my own family is not some kind of inoculation against the potential that I might be doing something harmful or offensive. Um, and so we, I continually need to just examine, you know, have that examination of conscience for myself. And so uh, from my role, providing some resources for people to, to begin that path of, uh, of conversion and formation and, and inspiring people to act within their own spheres of influence in their own lives. Um, but also uh, the other part of my role is more structural within the church. Um, looking and helping the diocese and Catholic charities to kind of look at the structures and policies we have in place, um, where we are doing well on racial justice and how can we build upon that. But again, where might we be falling short? Where might we be failing the people of God? Um, because the, the reality is, is that even within the church, um, as the bishops have acknowledged back in 1979 with their document, Brothers and Sisters to Us, and more recently, Open Wide Our Hearts, the bishops once again acknowledge that within the church, there are structural issues that contribute to racial injustice. And so for the church to also address that and kind of model that and be a witness to how do we address formation, conversion, and action uh, from an institutional and structural point. So uh, part of that is kind of evaluating and, and talking with folks, um, centering the voices of Black, Indigenous, Latino, uh, Asian American, Pacific Islander. Um, Catholics and community members to, to get their perspective on uh, where, uh, how's the church doing? You know, where could the church go? What, what do people see the need um, from the church?
2: But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about these Catholic social teaching, uh, the seven um, areas. Uh, we're going to talk about each of those briefly. And then how does that all fit into this racial justice conversation that we're having? You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping, clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Suns Nature can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Suns Nature online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com.
4: Thank you, Construction Professionals, for your support of Dowling Catholic Sports 365. Construction Professionals is a family-owned business dedicated to our customers. Whether designing, building, or renovating, we are here to better serve you. Our passion for quality craftsmanship, paired with our dedication to creativity, result in a home that reflects your personality, style, and family function. Construction Professionals. Design. Build. Renovate. cpcustomhomes.com. From our family to yours. God bless.
2: Thank you Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte for underwriting Catholic Women Now. As an authorized independent agent, Cindy's team can provide health insurance options from Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield of Iowa. Cindy Schulte at 1315 50th Street in West Des Moines or on the web at CindySchulte.com. 515 226 2111 Cindy and her team know health insurance. Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield of Iowa is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Products available at Farm Bureau Financial Services.
1: Thank you, Skeffington's Formal Wear, for sponsoring Dowling Catholic High School football. In business since 1951, Skeffington's Formal Wear offers quality service, style, and selection, providing tuxedos, suits, and casual groom attire for weddings, proms, and any other special occasion. Skeffington's Formal Wear, with convenient locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Davenport, Coralville, and Ankeny. All locations are family-owned and operated by members in their respective communities, fitting you for life celebrations, online at skeffingtons.com. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. It looks like our weather pattern will stay fair for a while. We have high pressure covering all of the central states, and our temperatures will be warming up a little bit. Low 50s for this afternoon, a little bit gusty. Wind out of the southwest at 10 to 20 miles per hour. Sunshine, clear tonight and down to about 30 and breezy. And then tomorrow, we're in the mid-50s with sunny skies. Nice again on Thursday. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Well. My guest today is Mark Schmidt. Uh, Mark is new to the work of the diocese. He is a coordinator of racial justice for the Diocese of Des Moines. And we've been talking about how we really can grow as individuals, um, both in knowledge and conversion of heart and then in action to, to, to really love Everyone in our communities, and and so much of that um, links into Catholic social teaching. Which, Mark, I I wouldn't have even thought about that. They would have kind of been on opposite ends of where my my brain was going. So let's talk briefly about the seven aspects of Catholic social teaching and how it relates to your project. So the first is the life and dignity of the
3: human person.
2: How does, I mean, that seems obvious
3: sure so one of the things that um with catholic social teaching and the the kind of uh, seven points that the bishops u.s bishops have come up with is that i like to apply these to every issue and so anytime that we are going to look at any topic any issue especially within society it's good for us to view that issue through the lens of these seven points and so when it comes to racism um, you know, the bishops and the, the magisterium has said that racism is a pro-life issue, that it belongs in the category of, of the sanctity of life. And we see that mm-hmm. because of um, the disparate ways that um, not only the direct attacks on life that we see, whether it's the violent actions of, of hate crimes mm-hmm. or it's the, the disparity in how um, force is used against um, black and, and other people of color. Um, from law enforcement, um, we see that lives are lost when we look at how poverty affects, um, people and how poverty generally is, disproportionately affects people of color. Um, and so we know that poverty is something that harms the, the, the body. It harms our health. Um, pollution and stuff like that harms our health. And so it leads to, uh, worse outcomes for people's lives. Um, so mm-hmm. you you have life expectancy oftentimes less for people of color than it is for white Americans, and, and globally um, you see that as well. So life and dignity of human person is about respecting the intrinsic dignity created in the likeness of image of God of every person. And so how do we ensure that not only do we have the right to life, but how do we have how do we ensure that all people have the right to a a good and flourishing life?
2: Now, Mark, I have to stop there because, you know, it seems that the the pro-life issues and the Catholic social teaching issues are at odds. You know, you can't be both pro-life and an advocate for social teaching. It's like it, it, it's almost like as if they, they fight about, um, you know, which one is the most important issue. What is your take on the divide between these two very important issues for the church and for all of us?
3: Sure. Well, I think it's a false divide, and, and because uh, if we're looking at the issue of abortion, abortion is, bo- is, is Catholic social teaching. Um, you know, right there, life-indicating given person. Um, and so what, what I think we sometimes do is we narrow what it means regarding the sanctity of human life. Um, what topics are we going to be able to discuss? Because if, if we're doing, quote, pro-life work, then we're doing so Catholic social teaching work. And if we're doing Catholic social teaching, then we have to be doing pro-life work. Um, and what Catholic social teaching tells us is that we need to expand our vision of what it means to respect the sanctity of life, what it means to be pro-life. Um, because, like I said, when we when we look at these seven principles, we need to be able to figure out how do we apply each of these seven principles to every topic, um, that mm-hmm. we don't see these as disparate or being in, in contention with one another. But they actually are are seamlessly working together um, to ensure mm-hmm. that we're not ignoring any aspect of the human person and human flourishing when we address issues in the world.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, let's. I, I appreciate that because you know it's it should be it should be all encompassing, the life issue, the the Catholic social teaching. If we are all caring for others, it should all be one we should be unified in that but let's take a moment now and look at these other six categories the call to family community participation um we have seven of them to get through so if you can um, somehow summarize how each of these impacts the work that you're doing so the call to family community and participation
3: sure and maybe i'll just kind of put them all together to 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 look at this issue so Mm -hmm. one of the things we have rights and responsibilities. We have the right to life. We have the right to housing and and food. And um, we have the right to health care. These are, we have the right to work. These are all things that the church teaches, but we have a responsibility to ensure that others have those rights respected. And so when we look at the disparities within housing, ec- ec- uh, economics, uh, employment, um, health care, um, and, and how that relates to to racial justice, well, then we have a responsibility to, um, eliminate those disparities. Um, and why why is it that we need to really focus on racial justice? Well, the preferential option for the poor and vulnerable tells us that we we have a preferential um, treatment for places of society that are unjust um, and for those that are most harmed. And so, if we have a preferential option, that means that preferential option has to be uh, to address racism, but that must take a, a high high place in our priorities because of the the disparity that happens towards people of color. Um, And and then that leads into solidarity, you know, the sense that uh, we're made in the likeness image of God, who is triune, you know, three persons, and so in perfect communion with one another. And so how do we live that perfect communion with everyone, including um, making sure that uh, Black, Indigenous, and other people of color um, have equity, and, and that not only are we in solidarity with them, but how do we ensure that, that we don't see an us versus them attitude within the church and within our lives. Um, And that leads to call the family, community, and participation. That importance of participation, are we creating barriers systemically within our parishes, within our cities and communities that prevent active participation of all members of society? What do our parish councils look like? What do our parishes look like? Um, What do our city councils look like? are people really being given the opportunity to fully participate in community and participation? And we know how poverty and, and lack of work and uh, when all these other rights are not respected, we see the effects on family life, how that can harm family life. And so um, we see that again, the disparity among uh, Black and Indi- Indigenous and people of color. Um, you know These all contribute to harming the family so how do we help ensure and make sure that these rights and you know are are respected and and how do we ensure that people have everything they need for flourishing um and then the dignity of work and rights of the workers again that connects to unemployment and and economics of uh, making sure that there's equal pay um that there isn't a disparity in pay uh that uh, black indigenous uh, and other people of color um are being paid the same wages as as white people um, that they have same opportunity for advancement um, and leadership within the economic sphere, and care for god 's creation is one of those that I think sometimes people kind of push that to the side where it's it, it seems to some that the bishops just kind of threw that one in there, but in reality yeah that's that
2: 's we... all that environmental um, green whatever the gases the melting of snow as opposed to um, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's sure. that kind of that, that whole group of folks.
3: Sure. And, and John Paul too actually included the environment and care for God's creation in the gospel of life. And the magisterium has definitely put care for God's creation within our sense of the gospel of life and, and how, how when we neglect God's creation, and we are all part of God's creation, um, how that harms the life and doing of the human person, how that inhibits the ability for us to build a just society. When we look at issues like Flint water crisis, we see that uh, communities of color are going to be disproportionately harmed um, by issues with with the environment. When we look at pollution, when we look at where um, how how is um, how are areas in cities and communities zoned um, when manufacturing comes in and and has potential for polluting a a community Um, historically, oftentimes. Um, manufacturing and other um, things that create a lot of pollution are generally going to be put in areas closer to communities of color than they are white communities. Um, So you have the Dakota Access Pipeline that was moved from uh, going past a predominantly white uh, community through, and it was moved to go through uh, indigenous um, land. Um, And so when we look at these things, we we have to kind of look at them not as just kind of separate entities, but how do they all work together? How how do we see them flowing together and kind of playing off of one another and and strengthening one another?
2: Well, so this is no small task.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I thought we'd, yeah. we'd solve it by the end of the show.
2: <laughs> well, I think so. I mean, we've got fifteen minutes. Hey, we're going to mm-hmm. take our final break, folks, and when we come back, we're going to okay. get into the nitty gritty of. Of what is where we are in the process of developing uh, the plans for the diocese. Is there study material available? All the who's and what's and why's and how's uh, with Mark Schmidt, my guest here, the new coordinator of racial justice for the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio.
1: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. Blessman International partners with volunteers and donors to provide sustainable programs for children in South Africa by leading a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with vulnerable children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. That's blessmaninternational.org. Thank you, Blessman International, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company. Brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence Brewing Company at 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake, and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company offers curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
1: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Storm Alert Weather is provided by Divine Treasures. Divine Treasures is a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. Their mission is to help Catholics know, love, and keep their faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and His Church. Divine Treasures is where you can find great Catholic books, beautiful Bibles, rosaries, jewelry, statues, and religious gifts for those memorable events in your life. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you to Divine Treasures for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Gene Wells, and my guest today is Mark Schmidt. Mark is the new uh, coordinator of the Racial Justice Initiative here at the Diocese of Des Moines. And, and Mark, I think you've got a, like a six-month contract to get all the work coordinated and ready to go out to all of us is no problem right
3: right, right. <laughs> well and 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 again that's where yeah it, it's a six-month contract through June um, yeah. and you know initially what we've where we've been is uh, I've been reaching out to a lot of people because as I said I'm new to the area so I've been just talking with a lot of people one-on-one and just uh, getting their perspectives uh, hearing what they have to say um, their personal experiences if they're comfortable sharing that but also where, where they see that we're doing good, good work and, and where they think that maybe we could, could uh, put a little more energy into and um, the importance of making sure that I'm centering the voices of Black, Indigenous, Latino, Asian, Pacific Islander folks. Um, because uh, oftentimes, especially within the church, uh, people of color are not given the same kind of avenues of uh, leadership and influence and, and conversation um, and this isn't an indictment against the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm speaking of the Catholic Church writ large, uh, especially when we look historically. Um, and so making sure that any work that we do um, is inclusive of multiple voices uh, in, in making sure that we're, we're getting a lot of perspectives to help us be uh, much more broad thinking. And in, mm-hmm. in where do we need to go from here?
2: Now, let's talk some of the tangible things that will come out of this project that you're working on. I, I saw an announcement and there's um, information, there's a new study guide available. So um, tell us about this piece.
3: Sure. So we have uh, a, a website up now on the Diocese of Des Moines. So dmdiocese.org slash racism. And we have some different resources there. We link to the U.S. Bishop's uh, website uh, for the Ad Hoc uh, Committee Against Racism um where they have their the documents that they previously said they also have other resources uh resources for bulletins and and other parish uh things educational resources for youth and young adults and just people in general um we do have a study session that uh that I've put together on there that can be done online it can be done as an individual person it can be done as a parish council or a bible study or just as a family um and what it does is it, it utilizes prayer uh, we make sure that we're always centered in prayer uh opening ourselves up to God's grace because without it um I, you know we we won't accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish if we're not centered on him sometimes we end up accomplishing what we want to accomplish right um so we always have to take our guidance from from prayer um it it uses uh scripture reading uh, for us to reflect and then some videos that on YouTube that uh, you watch the videos, and then there's some questions to reflect upon and, and for us to consider. And then there's action steps. What can we do in concrete ways to address racism within ourselves and around us, both interpersonally but also systemically? Um, so it's it's just real simple, uh, straightforward kind of online session. Uh, you don't have to do it all at once. It's, it's,
2: That's my question. Use it however is, is you that- want.
3: Is yeah, this a one use it-
2: time? Come to your your church. We're going to go through this study material and in an hour, you'll know everything. Or is this intended to be a you know a, a you know three or four session or more opportunity to learn and grow?
3: So it's it's just kind of a, a one session, mm-hmm. but it's the idea of introducing us to start the process. Like I said, it's a mm-hmm. lifelong journey. So how do we start that process? It has you know, further formation resources connected to it so that if, if people want to dive deeper, they can dive deeper and they can go into my, many more resources. I, I tried to make it so that it's the most accessible. Um, my hope is to get it translated into at least Spanish, if not other languages. Um, that's always a, a, an important task for inclusion that we that yep. we try to make it accessible for multiple people. Um and so it's it's not a requirement from the diocese. It's not like the diocese is saying everybody must participate in this. Um, but it's more just a, an opportunity of a resource and an invitation to begin that journey of of working on racial justice. And so there will be some some kind of reflections for oneself, looking inside myself, kind of that examination of conscience of self. But there's also questions that help us to examine the world around us, including our parishes and our community and the church um and so it it hopefully will offer opportunities for discussion and you know some of those questions you can return to over and over again as as you continue down the path of of working towards racial justice and and addressing it in our own spheres that we we our our perspectives will change as we grow we we learn more we know more we experience more um and uh, sometimes we can return back to it so it's not a program it's not a it's not a, you know, five step and you're done or five sessions and you're done. This is more right now. The resources we have are informational kind of to, to fill out that formation piece. Um, there are some aspects of it for the conversion piece. Like I said, there's prayer opportunities mm-hmm. such as the Stations of the Cross for uh, racial justice that can be done at a parish oh. that the U.S. bishops have put together. Um, that's also linked there. Um, and then you know some action steps, things that we can do in concrete ways. So uh, you know, Mark, trying to touch on all to three of those out. things.
2: Yeah. If this is not um, if this isn't promoted well or embraced, uh, really, where Bishop is saying, "I really want you to do this," even though he may not mandate it. You know, I think unfortunately, it might become just a resource that sits out there. And, and um, you know, if we want to grow as as a community. We're only beginning to become more diverse, and and that there does need to be an emphasis so that this this does get some legs under it, and people do embrace this.
3: Oh, abs- absolutely, and and I would say that the bishop definitely wants um, people to engage in this topic and these resources. Um, you know, I think right now we wanted to be able to get something out during Lent um, because it's the perfect time for us to kind of do that interior reflection um Mm -hmm. and you know so as we go forward there will be more more resources and and, you know we'll have some communication strategies that we'll be working with and and to be able to get this out because you're absolutely right it's it's great to have a resource but if it's never used then um it sits on the shelf it doesn't do us what right what good is it really doing and so that's part of it we've we've reached out on social media by by sharing it and um you know there's some uh Pastors who might already be interested in, in utilizing it. There's some parishes that um, I have a feeling are, are, you know, possibly going to be using it. And so um, I think for your listeners, if you go to that page, I think one of my, one of my um, things that I really stress is that kind of rights and responsibilities piece. Um, you know, so if you go to the diocesan website for racism and you look at this session, um, you know, take some responsibility and bring it to your pastor, bring it to your faith oh. formation team at, at your parish. I think that um, every parish is different, and every parish has a lot of different priorities, um, and so it's really important for parishioners, the laity, to get involved and and really advocate for for racial justice themselves, not waiting for um, it to come down from from the top, but really engage. You know, that's how we know that um, we have that, uh, you know, we're all co-workers in the vineyard, as as the church has said, when it comes so to Mark, the role if of folks lady, lady to, in the parish.
2: If folks want to reach you, can they connect to you through the website, which is dmdiocese.org, and then click on racism or forward slash racism? Can they connect to you through that? Or what is your email?
3: So, uh, you know, they can, if they, if they don't remember this email, they can definitely contact the diocese and the diocese can reach out to me. But, um, my email is justice at gmail.com. And especially for any black or indigenous, Latino, Asian, Pacific Islander listeners, um, I'd really love to hear from you. Um, I'd really love to have your voice, uh, because I, Again, I want to try to center the voices of, of those who have been historically marginalized. But I'm, I'm open to hearing from anybody, um, because I think the more voices, the more participation we have on addressing racial justice, the, the more success and the, the better we'll do as a community.
2: Well, it is time to wrap up another great show of Straight Talks. So thankful to my guest, Mark Schmidt, and bringing this awareness and invitation to participate in in growing to know more about our Catholic social teaching and uh, helping to eliminate any racial tension that may be in our community. I also want to thank uh, Jimmy Olson, uh, my producer. I'm Jean Wells and asking today, Servant of God, Thea Bowman, who she challenged her church to accept her as fully Black and fully Catholic, asking her to intercede for our communities to grow in respect and love for each other. Servant of God, Thea Bowman, pray for us. Iowa Catholic Radio is listener-supported. Thanks to you and your prayers and support, we continue to connect our listeners with Christ. You can donate online at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk is every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio and always available on podcasts through our Iowa Catholic Radio app. Stay tuned for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless.
0: Straight Talk, where you get answers to tough issues impacting your life. Listen anywhere at any time via podcast at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk, heard every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and replayed at 10 p.m. Only on Iowa Catholic Radio.